let's get ready to study God's Word. to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study today. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for another day that you've given us. We invite your presence to be with us now. We ask that you will grant unto us wisdom and understanding. Pray that the message that is outlined here will be of use to those who hear it, and that we will be blessed. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Today's study is entitled, The Danger From Within. And our verse for today's study comes to us from 2 Timothy 3, verse 5, which says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. 2 Timothy 3, 5 from the King James Version. The danger from within. 2 Timothy chapter 3 is the part of the second letter to Timothy from the Apostle Paul that outlines some of the dangers at the end of time, some of the signs of the end of time. And it's a good thing for us to take a look at because these signs are not just of things happening in the world, they're of things happening in the church. Starting at verse 1, here's what the Apostle says. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. It's a well-known passage. I don't think it's well studied, but people know about it. We know that this is an end time uh, statement or description. It's worth digging into a little bit as we look at it. All right, chapter two of this same letter. Chapter two of this same letter. Paul is talking about. Um, he's giving instruction to Timothy, so he's talking about being a good soldier of the cross, right? That's what 
chapter 2, verse 1 says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Right? So he's giving him instruction. He says, the things you've heard from me, things you've heard from me with witnesses, the things that you have seen about me, commit those things. You learned it from me. Teach others that will be able to teach even others even more. So he goes on, he explains that part. Then later in the in the same chapter 2, he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings. Okay, he speaks about that. He says, Flee youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Okay, so he's, again, he's continuing with that. And then the last verse in chapter 2 says, actually, let's do the last two verses, should I? I have to do from 24 if I'm going to do a whole sentence. So let's do from 24 to 26. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Okay? So these three verses provide for you a list of attributes that a godly man needs to have. The servant of the Lord must not strive. You don't need to be fighting but you need to be gentle unto all men, prone, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. Right. So he's saying that you need to exercise mercy with people. You need to try and put them on the path of righteousness. You need to um, move in a direction of trying to help them spiritually because for all you know, God will help them. They will accept, right? Peradventure, God will give them repentance. They will accept because God is, the Holy Spirit is trying to reach every person. So our goal, our objective should be to attempt to reach those persons as, as well because we don't know who is near actually accepting repentance. We don't, we don't have that knowledge. Only God does. So that's how the second chapter ends, right? Then he says, this know also. So in addition to the things I've told you so far, I want you to be aware of this. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And then he describes Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, etc. Now, it's not necessary for a single person or for every person to exhibit all of these characteristics. Whereas on the side, when he was talking about the servant of the Lord, God's people need to exhibit all of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Those who are opposing God don't have to exhibit everyone. You don't have to be a murderer and a liar and a thief. Although, 
it's not uncommon for all three of those characteristics to be within the same person. Because if someone steals and gets caught, they may in fact lie. They may even kill to try and get out of it. So it's possible that a sin leads to the commission of other sins. But it's not essential. It's not essential that we must find a single person who is a lover of themselves, who is covetous and a boaster and proud and a blasphemer, right? Um, So when we look around the world, we should expect to see individuals exhibiting one or more of these traits. What's interesting about it is that for the most part, you can look at this passage as pertaining to worldly people primarily. For the most part. Lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. And we usually look at without natural affection as having to do with, say, homosexuality and so forth, but that's not the only context for for that word. Without natural affection can also apply to people who do not have affection that they should have. For instance, when we see crimes of a mother against her children, that's lacking natural affection. Okay? It doesn't always have to be seen in a sexual context. It can very much be seen in a situation where someone should have affection, where the natural affection would be in a particular direction and it's lacking. Okay? Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, incontinent, is a word that speaks to lacking self-control, right? Fierce. Well, people are always angry, always angry, always in opposition. Despisers of those that are good, which is a very interesting description because it's not just saying people who are opposed to good things, people who are not doing good but it's people who are upset about people who are good. So it's not just good enough. It's not enough for a person to want to do evil. But when that same person also mocks or is opposed to those who do good, that's a problem, right? Think about the situation in Daniel chapter 6, where the entire leadership of the kingdom, the entire leadership of the kingdom, minus Daniel and Darius, All right, King Darius, minus those two persons, all these other senior leaders got together to oppose Daniel because there was nothing wrong with him. I mean, that was their whole purpose. That is insane, but that is exactly what's being described here. Okay, despisers of those that are good. It's not just like I choose my life this way and you do your thing over there and who cares. But when you have to despise and or oppose a person because they're not doing things that are wrong, that's a problem. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Now we're starting to enter a realm where We're not just talking about people outside the church. In fact, when we get through the end of verse 4 into verse 5, you might wonder if you were ever talking about people who were outside the church. 
Okay. Lovers of pleasure is more than lovers of God. Verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Why would worldly people have a form of godliness at all? That's not the claim to worldliness. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. So the Apostle Paul is is counseling Timothy, and he says, listen, just know this, be aware of this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Okay? And then he goes on, for men will be these characteristics. Which, by the way, is also interesting, because he's not saying... Things are going to get bad, and then people will develop these characteristics. He's saying, perilous times shall come because men have these characteristics. That's why it says, for men shall be. Let's look at verses 6 through 9. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 7 again hints at people who are either professing godliness or seeking godliness. Ever learning studying always, reading always, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Verse 8. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Okay, so what is he saying here? What is he talking about? Well, Janus and Jambres are the two primary magicians in Pharaoh's court who were opposing Moses and Aaron. They were the ones who, the magicians who cast down their rods and they became serpents and who were able up to a point to duplicate all the miracles that Moses was doing. It's interesting that we only get names for them in the New Testament. Um, but they withstood Moses. They opposed him. And it says that these also resist the truth. So even though one of the characteristics is professing godliness, they resist the truth of the power of God and, and what it needs to entail in the life. They resist. They are men of corrupt minds. They are, repro they are reprobate concerning the faith. They're in opposition to the truth. Verse 9 says, but they shall proceed no further. They will not gain advantage. They will not be able to move forward because their folly will be manifest unto all men just as the folly of Janus and Jambres was manifest, right? 
they were able to go toe-to-toe with Moses, it seemed, for several miracles. And then finally, God is like, no, (laughs) no more. And they were unable to reproduce the miracles. What's interesting is that even when they could reproduce them, they could never stop them. So they could add more problems, but they couldn't resolve it. Moses was given the ability to bring about flies and remove the flies, bring about lice and remove the lice, make blood and remove it, put a serpent as a snake, etc. Um, serpent as a snake, put the, the rod turned into a serpent and undone. These guys could add more trouble, but they couldn't take away. Nonetheless, these dangers that are listed here, we need to understand that these dangers will be manifest in the church. They will also be manifest outside the church because, of course, the church is made up of people who exist outside of a church context. But this godlessness, these attributes of people who have issues, will exist within the church. The danger is from within. More than that, the danger is from within each of us. We have to be careful that none of these characteristics are manifest in us. Not one of them. Right? We'd better not have to worry that all of them are manifest in us, but we certainly don't need any of them. These characteristics are essentially the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. Or I should say the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible references it it's in the singular. In the last days, perilous time shall come. We see these characteristics. We see them in the world, but sadly, they are also seen in the church different levels. We don't want this to be true of us. We don't want to be ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. We don't want to be having a form of godliness, but denying the power of God for real, the actual power of God. And we don't want our folly to be manifest unto all men. We want to be removed from folly because here's the thing. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, people who are manifesting these characteristics, the Apostle Paul says, from such, turn away. Turn away. We are here at this time in Earth's history to give the last call, the last warning of mercy before everything goes to pot. But we have to recognize that these things, these characteristics, these situations are going to be more and more manifest as we get closer and closer to the end. And we cannot afford for any of these characteristics to be in us. So my prayer for each one of us is that we will examine ourselves and understand whether or not 
we are in harmony with God's word in terms of the fruit of the spirit. And if in any way these characteristics are ours, we need to pray that the Lord will separate them from us. We need to seek his power to separate from them before people separate from us. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your goodness and your love to us. We pray, Lord, that as we study your word, as we contemplate our own situations, as we look around in the world and in the church, and we look around in our own hearts, that we will be drawn to be more and more like Christ, and that any of these attributes that are not representative of Christ and his kingdom will be removed from us. Please bless us, Lord. Keep us safe. And may we be ready for your soon return. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcast, where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and other similar topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.